Do you even remember life without a smartphone? And better yet, as a hunter, do, do you remember going into the backcountry as a hunter without the mapping systems on your phone? That's what this conversation is going to be all about. Let's do this. There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. Welcome back to episode number 25 of the Western Huntsman Podcast, brought to you by Phelps Game Calls and Scree Extreme Mountain Gear. Welcome, guys. This is episode number 25. Glad you guys are here. Uh, this is going to be a really interesting conversation. I get the uh, the director of business development from Base Maps on, and you guys you guys know like there's this big debate, you know, between uh, Onyx Maps and and Base Maps, and there's a couple of other ones, other competitors out there that are that are I'm sure all good programs. Um, I've I've kind of switched everything over to Base Maps uh, and found it to be a lot better and a lot more conducive to the kind of hunting that I do in terms of like there's a lot more clarity in the imagery. There's a few more tools and features in the app, and, and we, we're going to talk about all that kind of stuff uh, with, with Ed as, as we get him on the show. So uh, looking forward to that. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's been, uh, been a crazy few weeks, right? We talked about that a little bit last week, so we're just going to leave all the – all the crazy craziness going on in the world, we're just going to leave that there and ju- just stick to hunting and, and fishing and conservation and outdoor stuff uh, for now until I get fired up again and I go off on another rant. So <laughs> anyways, did I did I ever tell you guys about like the this, I, I always like to kind of reminisce. I get a little bit nostalgic sometimes about reminiscing some, you know, back in the old days uh, on one of my first backpacking trips in into the backcountry and and actually it wasn't even that far back but um it was interesting because of my age and it, and it actually wasn't even the first time I, I the first time first few times I did it I went out by myself and uh it wasn't even for a hunting season I went up one time and fished on this creek and a couple other times I went out and took my bb gun and shooting magpies or whatever so I'm like I'm like 13 or 14. It's like, I don't remember how old you are when you kind of come out of seventh grade in that summer between seventh and eighth grade. I want to say like 13 or 14. And I had this buddy that I'd met in seventh grade that um, had really never been out of town, right? Like his parents didn't go anywhere. They they just like lived in town. Um, and he literally had never been outside of, of town limits, city limits. It's, uh, was just mind boggling to me. And so I take him down to like, uh, my family had this area at the base of the Mana LaSalle mountains, um, in, in like central Utah. Right. And so we, he decides to, to come with me on this backpacking trip. And so we, we go down and my dad drops us off at the spot where we, uh, I, I always hike in into this canyon there where there's no, there's no roads. There's not really even a good trail. It's just kind of this drainage that uh, goes up into the base and the foothills of the Man Alice Sals. And 
I'm not talking, you know, several miles back. We're, we're talking like two miles back. I, uh, we would go back up and, and, and I'd go about two miles in. Now, this is also back in the day, you know, where I would go down to like the Army-Navy surplus and get those old Vietnam-era packs and I don't even know what they were called. When I was when I was in the military, we had we had we ran both the Molly and the Alice packs. And I remember, and I I can't remember. I I want to say when I was first in, we had the Alice packs, and then we switched over to the Molly gear. But I could be I could be getting that backwards. I'm not I'm not totally sure. But I remember thinking that whichever one was a newer one kind of sucked compared to the old one. I liked the old one better. But back in these days, in the early 90s, when when I'm you know 13 years old. I, I go down in the Army Navy surplus and I, I bought this this Vietnam era military issued pack, and this thing sucked. I mean, I think the straps were like I had to duct tape them and all sorts of stuff. And we'd we'd put like spaghettios and uh, and different things to to take up for, for you know we'd just go for a night. Maybe I think one time we did it for two nights. But so I take this kid, this buddy of mine. That had never, I mean, he'd never even been camping, never been outside of town limits, nothing, right? And we go out, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be like, you know, a mentor while also being, you know, on the same level in terms of being friends because we're, you know, the same age and everything. But uh, I'm trying to teach him all this camping stuff. I showed him how to set up a tent, showed him how to, you know, get your, get your pack all packed up right, and. Uh, you know, I, I think I was wearing like Nike tennis shoes or something and, <laughs> you know, just the stuff that you don't have back, back in the day. And we get up there and the one thing <clears throat> that I didn't really have experience with was, so we take like these SpaghettiOs or, or ravioli in a can, whatever, canned food is what, what we packed. And we get this fire going and we're sitting around the fire and I'm like, yeah, man, if, if you're hungry, let's heat up these uh, the SpaghettiOs or whatever. And so we don't even open these things. This is like we just didn't know any better. We didn't even open them, and we just kind of set them inside by the fire, by the flame, and so they can just heat up. And then I don't know what my thought was. It's like, oh, okay, I'll take my my John Wayne can can opener and open the open the SpaghettiOs after it's heated up. Well, if you guys don't know where this is going, it's a really bad idea. It's a really bad idea to do that. So we're sitting there, and it's not quite dark yet. And so, like, this stuff starts heating up. The fire's going. I'm, I'm gathering some wood, and we sit back down by the fire. And all of a sudden, boom, one of those cans explodes. And, I mean, there was SpaghettiOs all over both of us and all over the camp. And, and like, before we even realized what had happened, boom, another one goes off. And just explode SpaghettiOs all over us. So we're covered in SpaghettiOs with these looks on our faces like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> and we didn't exactly have backup food. And so all we had was what we brought for the next morning before we hiked back out. Because my dad was going to meet us down at the bottom of the canyon and pick us up, you know. And, and so we we went hungry that night. And didn't even think about, you know, there's a pretty, there's black bears in this area, stuff like that. I didn't even think about cleaning it up around camp. It, I mean, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. It was on the tent. It was all over our clothes, on my pack. It was on all the like rocks and logs and, and everything on the ground around us on this fire. Uh, and then like the next morning, we get up and we figured it out. So I don't, I don't even remember what we had the next morning, but uh, we definitely opened the cans before heating them up in the fire, and we were starving. And we had these wrist rockets. And you know, when you're an adolescent and you're just a young boy, you, you kind of find it's like uh, 
stupid things seem like great ideas. You know what I mean? So we had these wrist rockets that we'd got from the hardware store back down in town and uh, decided to have a wrist rocket war with each other. And I thought this was a great idea. So what the idea was, we didn't want to hit each other because we knew that was dangerous. Because these, these Rick, it was when they first came out with those wrist rockets that would just, I mean, they'd launch a rock. It would do some damage. I dented the side of my grandpa's pickup truck with one time because I hit the truck on accident and put this big dent in the side. So these things could actually do some damage. So this is a terrible idea. But the idea was, okay, if you got to fling it, uh, you know, just above the other's head and that'll be considered a kill and we'll get, you know, whoever gets to 10 points first, whatever. And we're running around the woods trying to find each other, flinging rocks. You could hear them whizzing past your head. You know, it's like, zhoo! These rocks going flying by, dangerous as all get out. And I ducked down behind this log and all of a sudden felt something sting me right on the ass. And you know what it was? I sat up and turned over. It was a scorpion. I got stung right on the butt cheek by a scorpion. And so there's there's a lot of scorpions. There are a lot of rattlesnakes and scorpions in this in this part of the country, you know. And so uh, I kind of panicked. I'm like, oh man. Because all you hear in, in, for, out of Hollywood and stuff is these things are deadly as all get out, you know. And, and it stung me right through my, my pants that I'd bought from the Army-Navy surplus, like Vietnam-era camo or, or something. Or actually, it wasn't even that. It was like 1980s, some, something, uh, the, the, the camo patterns that came out in the 80s. So I jump up. I stepped on the scorpion and killed it. And I go, I go tell him to stop shooting at me with his wrist rocket because he's still flinging rocks at me. And we go running back to camp, pack it up. I'm like, I got to get down. I'm sure I've got to get like a, you know, a, a, some kind of vaccine or something like that for, for this, uh, this bite, this sting from the, the scorpion. And so we start hauling ass down the mountain. Uh, I know we're a bit early. I, I want to say like my dad was going to pick us up at like one o'clock or two o'clock or something like that. And we get down there at like 11 and we just sit there and wait and I'm like panicking thinking this thing's gonna like poison's gonna take over my body and lo and behold um dad finally shows up nothing really came out of the the, the sting I didn't even go see a doctor over it because by the time I got home that the, it, it didn't even hurt anymore there was just like this little red mark and it was all over with so anyway I I was the the reason why I tell you that is I was I was sitting around talking with my wife the other night and we're kind of on the back deck. It's it's it was raining like crazy. Uh, in fact, it's you might be able to hear the rain right now. I'm in the Broken Time Studio, and it's it's uh it's raining like crazy right now. I think everything's getting soaked, which we need it. So I don't want any forest fires this year. But anyway, so we're sitting back there and we're just kind of BS and having a cocktail. And and uh, for some reason that all popped into my head. And I I told I told my wife about it, and I'm telling her all the details of this crazy story when we're. Uh, you know, 13, 14 years old. And back in the good old days when, you know, parents would let you guys, it just like it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, you guys want to go camping? You don't know what you're doing? Fine, go go for it. Good luck. See you tomorrow. You know, I it, the, things are so different today. Anyway, we were talking back and forth. And she's like, you should, you should tell that story on the podcast. I'm like, you know what? That's a good idea. I should tell that story on the podcast. It's pretty damn funny. Anyway, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, this is episode number 25, kind of a milestone uh, episode when we're when we're taking the School of September episodes and the other bonus episode out. This month on the on the School of September, I'm actually about to record with Corey Jacobson, and uh, he's going to be June's installment of of School of, uh, School of September, if I could spit that out right. 
and uh, looking forward to that. So that should be coming out, I think, next week if uh, if I'm playing my cards right here. So um, in this episode, it was it was kind of cool how this whole whole thing played out. I've got his, his name is Ed Gramza, and he is the director of business development for Base Maps, and he's kind of he's been with them uh, just under a year or so, and he's kind of in charge of of getting the name of base maps out there and getting partnerships and, and doing these different things to to build the brand of, of base maps and base maps if you are not familiar is um, is an online or offline mapping system that uh, you can download these maps on on an app on your phone I mean I don't know if I'm even I'm probably wasting my time explaining to you guys what what base map or onyx or any of these mapping systems that you can get on your phone are. Because uh, I'm sure you guys all have them, but if, if for some reason you don't, you need to get one if you're if you're hunting. I don't care if you feel like you know the area very well. They they have so many tools and so many things that make your life so much better as a hunter going into the backcountry, and uh, you, you need to get a mapping system. I I used Onyx for a couple of years after they came out with the app. Um, they I I got it right when they came out with that. Uh, and and Onyx is a great system. I, I I got a lot of use out of it, and it helped me in a lot of different ways. Uh, recently, I've switched to Base Maps because as as good as Onyx is, I feel like Base Map is is just a little bit better, and and there's there's just better features, and the imagery is more clear, and you can move your waypoints, and and I, I feel like the tracking uh, does a little bit better job. Um, so anyway, that that's my spill. It's not like an ad for Base Map. Um, but uh, that's that's just my take on. It. I think it's uh, it's it's really served me well this spring during bear season, and and I've uh, really enjoyed using it. So this is a cool episode. Me and Ed get on, and Ed's a big time hunter. He comes he comes out west to hunt. He lives in uh, uh, just north out of Milwaukee, I think. It, he explains that. I can, now I'm drawing a blank now that I'm trying to tell you guys about it. But uh, he comes out west quite a bit to hunt. He's uh, He's done a lot of hunting. He's got a lot of good hunting background. He's uh, what's really interesting with with Ed in terms of being like the representative for base maps is he used to work for Onyx, and so he's he's pretty intimately familiar with both systems, and and that makes for a really good conversation about these uh, these different mapping systems and and what base map can do for you and and how you can use it and and tools that like hunters don't take advantage of between layering systems and and using the online uh, e-scouting version and and how to do that you guys if you're not e-scouting I tell you what I remember when Google Earth first came out like years and years ago uh, and it was it was fuzzy as all get out but I thought I was like the smartest kid on the block because I would pull up Google Earth before hunting season and I would like come up with different hunting strategies and find these new areas that you couldn't find elsewhere and I thought like I was the only one on the planet doing that <laughs> which was pretty naive but that back then that's that's just what I that's got to be like what 10 15 years ago when that came out anyway but yeah it was I thought I was the only one doing that and uh, it worked for me then and now here it is 2020 I don't even know what I'd do without these mapping systems on my phone so uh, pretty kick ass all right, guys. Uh, with that, Ed Gramza, Base Maps. Hope you enjoy this episode. Let me know what you think at Jim at thewesternhuntsman.com. Don't forget to check us out at Instagram and Facebook. And uh, if you get real crazy, check us out on Twitter. I don't do much on Twitter, but uh, we're definitely on there. So uh, looking forward to this episode and looking forward to the – you guys have got some great guests coming up over the next several weeks. So uh, stay tuned for that and appreciate it. 
talk to you guys soon. Enjoy the episode. Let's do it. All right, guys. Well, I, I am on the line with Ed Gramza. He is the kind of like the sell. What are, you're like the sales and marketing director at BaseMap, right? What, what uh, is your title, Ed? Something like that. So my title is the director of business development. It, oh, it's gotcha. Kind okay. of a, it's kind of a long way of saying that I know a lot of people in the hunting industry. And I need to lever- <laughs> leverage all those relationships. <laughs> I'm going to write that down here. Director of business development. That is a very nice title. I tell you what. Awesome. Well, Ed, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. I'm pretty excited to talk to you. Yeah, you bet. Uh, you know, obviously we were talking a little bit offline about where you're at. I was I'm a little bit jealous because I was supposed to be up there last week bear hunting, but yeah, you know, <laughs> stuck here in Wisconsin, but it's all good. Yeah. Well, I, I promise if you come out here and go bear hunting with, uh, with Jeff, you'll have a lot better success than if you were to come out here bear hunting with me. Because I've been trying, and I'm just not finding them. <laughs> and we have a lot of bears, yeah, I know. so that's pretty sorry. Well, I know he's out right now. I, it, it was almost a blessing in disguise that I couldn't come last week uh-huh. because he said that his bear camp was still covered in snow, so he had to delay his hunt a week. So I think we would have been doing a lot of fishing if I was there last yeah, week. Yeah, well, you know, as, as painful as that would be, it'd still be worth it, I promise. <laughs> next year. I will be in northern Idaho next year. Okay. Well, if you come up to northern Idaho, you know you can't come to northern Idaho without hitting me up here in the studio. Sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, we'll, we'll record I'll, a, yeah. I'll drag Balch in there and make him you need talk to. to you. You need to. <laughs> you, you tell him, don't be shy. Just come down into the studio. We'll sit down and talk base map and hunting. If you want to really make him uncomfortable, you have to have the video on. <laughs> that'll really make them squirm you know i hate having the video on i i hate the way like you know they say video adds like 10 20 pounds or whatever and all this goofy stuff i don't know how true that is but i do feel uncomfortable in front of a video camera <laughs> you know I, I just have gotten used to it yeah yeah i'll bet in your job for sure yeah, you do that kind of stuff all the time. So, Ed, why don't you give us a little background on you? Like, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Um, how'd you get into hunting? And uh, and then let's uh, we'll, we'll get into some more discussions about hunting and base map and and all these different topics. These mapping systems are super interesting to me, and I know the audience. Um, a lot of people ask about it, and and they ask about different systems to use and. And um, I've been using BaseMap and, and have been really happy with it. So just kind of a, a big conversation based around all of that. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. Cool. Yeah, so, where are you from? So I grew up in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. Um, you know, kind of born and raised in the suburbs of Milwaukee. Uh, been, I've been hunting since I was 12. My, you know, my dad and my grandpa and my uncles all hunted. We had... We had a little bit of land in central Wisconsin, not enough to hunt on, but, um, you know, grew up watching them hunt on public land in central Wisconsin. Hunt, I hunted up there once when I was 12 and man, it was a scary experience. There's so many dang hunters in Wisconsin for, for our rifle deer hunting season. Oh um, yeah. I yeah. mean, we have over 600,000 hunters in the woods at one time. It's, Jeez, man. it's insane. Uh, but now I'm fortunate enough, my aunt and uncle, 
I have some land in Southwest Wisconsin. So ever since I was 13, I've been hunting down in Southwest Wisconsin with them on some private land. Um, you know, but I travel out West on public and, you know, hunt, hunt around where I'm at now. I, now I live about an hour North of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, basically halfway between Milwaukee and Green Bay. You know, so oh, I do gotcha. some hunting around here and, you know, hunting Southwest Wisconsin. I go out West every year for something. Um, yeah, you're coming out, uh, you're heading out to Wyoming for elk this year, aren't you? I did. I drew my elk tag and then I, as soon as I found that out, I immediately applied for a mule deer tag as well. Um, cool. so, and you'll find that out like next week, won't you on the mule deer? I don't, I think it closes next week. I don't think they draw it that soon. I think middle of June, I think. Gotcha. Uh, I'm just, I, I, I'm just I have, buying I points point. in Wyoming this year. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I have enough points that, you know, it's a pretty much a guaranteed draw. Yeah. Cool, man. There's some big old muleys down there. And yeah. I'm I, excited to get back. We talked, we talked a little bit about the area that you're going to and we'll, we'll keep that to our, to ourselves, but um, I, I know that area pretty well and there's some, uh, monster muleys and like we were talking some monster black bears Yeah, and, uh, you know, so. and, and mo- monster, uh, other kind of bears too. That's the <laughs> <Yeah>. problem. <laughs> I know that is a problem. You're going to be like, your head is going to be on a swivel uh, yes. for sure in that I area. Mean, this, so this'll, this'll be the third time I've hunted the area. Um, I, me personally, <clears throat> I haven't had a run in with one yet. We've seen a couple, you know, on horseback. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, as soon as, as soon as that elk hits the ground, man, head is on a swivel for sure. And this, for me this year, this will be an archery hunt. Uh, the first two times I went out there it was a rifle hunt. So it was a little, oh, gotcha. I felt a little bit safer. Um, but yeah, yeah, this year is an archery hunt. So a little bit more concerned, not concerned, but uh, more aware. I always like, cause I, I had a lot of grizzly country. I always make sure I've got some, uh, I use that counter assault bear spray Yep. and that is on my chest. And then I have, I have a sidearm on my hip. And so like, if I have to double fist it, man, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, don't care I, what I, it takes. See, I'm, I'm going the exact opposite. I'll have the, the spray on my hip and, the and I just bought a new bino harness and a holster where the holster is actually underneath the bino harness. Oh yeah. I've um, seen Which one is that? So it's an FHF harness and then, um, Razco gear makes the, the, uh, holster that attaches to it. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. So I, you know, even if I drop my pack, you know, which my, the bear spear will probably be on the, on the hip belt of my pack. Mm-hmm. Even if I drop the pack, I still have something on, on my person. That's a good call. Yeah. That's, that's a really good idea. Yeah. My, uh, I don't know if you heard the episode, my buddy, Bob, uh, Lagasa down there. He, he had quite the grizzly bear encounter down. Uh, not, he was on, he was on the Montana side, but, um, you know, kind of similar, similar region to where you're going. Um, but, uh, yeah, that just, uh, keep us posted on that hunt. That'll be a good time. Don't, don't worry too much about the grizzlies. (laughs) No, just give them a wedgie, man. If they come out, (laughs) I I'm six foot five and, and about two forty. I'll, I'll take one on. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lot braver than me. <laughs> uh, although until it stands up and it towers over me by about two feet, then, <laughs> then, then I might be a little bit worried. It's always so amazing how big they are. Like just, they're just so massive. So I just, yeah, I, it's been like a, it's been a busy year too. There's already been two attacks in, in Montana uh, yeah. this year. I've, I've heard about anyway, we don't need to get off on that rabbit hole. We'll, scare everybody out of the out of the hunting woods with <laughs> that kind of hey, stuff but hey but that that could be good and bad 
It could be. It could be. <laughs> yeah, we can really exaggerate the grizzly problem. And, well, I, I mean, you know, I mean, I could, I could tell a story, you know, at some point about, uh, you know, where I'm hunting. There, there was a, a grizzly attack a couple years ago in the area I'm hunting, and it, it didn't end well. Um, yeah. So it definitely puts it at the forefront of, of my mind, you know, knowing where I'm going. Yeah. Well, that, you know, it's, it's good to have it at the forefront for sure. I mean, we could, we could joke around about it a lot, but they're, they are a dangerous animal. And, and, uh, I feel like at some point that like, they're going to have to do something, man. There, there's, there's two, there's just way too many grizzly bears. And a lot of people will argue that, um, some of these, you know, so-called bear experts and whatnot say that they're, that the ecosystem can handle more, but no you know, way. everybody's just running into them everywhere. I mean, there was a unit in Montana. There was, I believe four grizzly attacks yeah. in like a week and a half or something last season in September. And, uh, I know we're seeing them a lot more, um, here in North Idaho. Uh, I, I like I, I, and I've said this multiple times on the podcast, but yeah, I had one in my yard come through my yard and uh, you know, anyway, hopefully they're going to come up with an idea. They need to get, they need to get them off the damn endangered species list. They're, they're exactly. Well, well past that time, you know? you know, right, right or wrong, you know, much like the wolves and again, right or wrong on, on my opinion here, there's a place for them in the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they are a benefit but they're sure. also bad. They, they have to be managed or there has to be a, num- a set number of them. And, and we as hunters or, you know, whoever's going to manage them has to manage them. Well, it's like, and it's like deja vu with, with the grizzlies with, uh, in terms of, you know, they pulled them off the endangered species list, just like they did with the wolves. And then now, now it's in a, you know, a good decade long litigation process, I'm sure to yeah. get a hunting season approved. And then what's going to happen is the, the grizzly bear population is going to explode like it has been. Um, they don't grow as fast as wolves, not nearly as fast. I think they, right. their, their growth rate is around 2% a year. But you spread that out over 10 years and, and, and the, the growth that, that took place prior to them being removed from the endangered species list, hunters, the, the amount of tags that are going to be available to get grizzly bears under control are not even going to make a dent in the population. Nope. And so that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, I mean, what was it in Wyoming when they had it, when they were going to have a season? Wasn't it four or five tags? I, I'm not sure. We had one in, we had one tag in Idaho. Yeah. I think I want to say uh, and Wyoming I had a couple. Like I, I think five. so. I think so. And I wasn't sure. I'm not sure about Montana, but I know in Idaho, the guy drew the grizzly tag and was all excited to go. And then it got shut down by that, uh, that federal judge. Yep. Um, and so anyway, we all know the story. It's just going to be, it's just, it's concerning, just like the wolves. It's like deja vu with the wolf situation all over yes, again. Yes, it is. Yes, it but is. These things are bigger and nastier. <laughs> I, I, I'd almost rather tangle with some wolves than, than a big old pissed off oh, grizzly bear. Hands down, hands down. I got a plan, man. I want, I want like a pack of wolves because I've always got the maximum amount of tags in my pocket, right? And I've, I've been practicing with my pistol, like when I'm bow hunting, if, if like I ran into a pack of wolves with this just doesn't happen, right? It does. You don't just run into a pack of wolves. So it's totally daydreaming, but I've been practicing. I'm going to pull, like, I'm going to be like doc holiday, man, with my pistol. I'm going to, I'm going to try to wipe out like five of them at once. You know, if you see Balch sometime, you need Mm -hmm. to ask him about his wolf story because he, he's got a beautiful wolf on the wall Uh and he sent, he showed me a video 
where he was in the middle of a pack of wolves and was chasing them, just like you're saying. He ran into a pack and was hunting them for the better part of the day and ended up getting one, a giant, a oh, giant sweet. beautiful wolf. And he had it, you know, he was recording it on a, like a GoPro on his head and it, you know, you could hear oh, nice. him howling at one another and it was pretty eerie. I don't know who was hunting who. Dude, but they are super one. eerie sounding, but yeah, they. I have actively hunted wolves uh, a few times and they are tough, man. So that's awesome. He got, he got at least one out of that pack and uh, I think I saw a picture of it. Yeah, I, it's. It was if like you, on his Instagram or, or maybe, I don't know, somewhere. I think I saw a picture of it. Yeah, and now at his office, he has it on the wall behind the computer. So when we video chat with him, we just see this giant wolf behind him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So so Wisconsin, huh? Grew yes. Up, so you'd probably do a lot of whitetail hunting. Oh, yeah. Whitetail is king. I mean, yeah. I know I'm on a, on a Western hunting podcast here, but we cannot deny the fact that whitetail is king. Yeah, no, I, I hunt white. I've, I've recently gotten into, uh, North Idaho whitetail hunting. And Perfect. so, uh, it's, uh, they're, they're a lot different than muleys, man. Oh yeah. They yeah, are a so lot different. How, how, uh, when did you start coming out West to hunt? I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, the first time I came to Wyoming for a, a mule deer hunt and oh, gotcha. I was, I was hooked. Yeah. And you've basically been like coming every year, huh? Since then? Uh, for no, you know, I mean, when I was in college, I didn't hunt nearly as much as I do now. And then, you know, out of college and starting to work. Um, I mean, I really, really got back into it, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Um, cool. But yeah, I mean, for the last, you know, 10 years, I've been out West, like I said, just about every year, every other year chasing something. I mean, lately it's been every year. Uh, now I can justify it as, as a work trip, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I try to get out there at least once a year. Cool, somewhere. man. That's, that's fantastic. I hope you do come to North Idaho. I'd, I'd, I'd love to sit down with you and, uh, and Jeff, that, that, that'd be a good time. And then, so you work for Basemap. Yep. How, mm -hmm. now how long have you been there? So I started with Basemap technically on July 1st of last year. Um, when, when I came on, I was brought on as the like uh, ambassador manager, um, uh -huh. and I was a contractor. I wasn't a direct employee of Basemap at the time. So I was doing that as kind of a side job. Um, I do that with a couple other companies, but I also had a full-time job. So it was a lot to do. Um, yeah. and, and my boss at Basemap just kept piling more and more and more stuff on my plate to the point where I just started joking, hey man, I think it's time to just hire me full-time. Cause you just keep giving me more work and I can't do it all. Yeah. And after about the fourth or fifth time of me saying it, a job offer came my way and they had to call my bluff. <laughs> oh, nice. So, so I became a direct employee in the middle of October. I was hired as the marketing manager and then, you know, my new fancy title, I got that just a couple months ago. Cool. Director of business development. Yeah, I love it. No, I'm, I've, I've given you a hard time about that title. I, that's basically <laughs> my title for my, my day job as well. So, um, yeah, that's cool that, uh, and then, so before base map, you were with Onyx. I, I worked with Onyx for quite a few years. Um, you know, came on as an ambassador and then about a year into that, when they started getting more into doing the consumer trade shows, I was on the, the trade show circuit. Um, I think there was one year I did seven trade shows with them. Uh, oh, wow. All over the country. Yeah, I was all over the country. Jeez, man. Yeah, that'll, that'll um, keep you on your toes. Yes, for sure. And what? then, at, you know, at oh. one point they brought me on as their 
you know, like pro staff manager for, and I did that for almost two years. Okay. Like how did, how did all this come about working for these hunting mapping wow. system type industry? It's an interesting side of the industry. How did it, that it come is. about? You know, so, um, for a couple of years, so about the time I got married, I started working at Bass Pro Shop down in, in Illinois. I lived in Illinois for about five years, worked at Bass Pro Shop in Illinois, uh, left there, and then started as the hunting manager at a Cabela's here in Wisconsin. And when I was done at Cabela's, I thought, man, how, how can I kind of keep, my, keep myself relevant or, or do something in the hunting industry, but you know, not working directly for it? Yeah. And I, you know, I remember having all these events and having these, these representatives from companies coming in, you know, to help out at big events and whatnot. So I just started reaching out to companies and, and, you know, most of your emails, especially when you're just getting in, they go right into the uh, deleted box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but I had randomly sent one to Onyx and they got back to me and, and, you know, things, you know, progress quickly, you know? So, I mean, there, there was quite a few companies that I started representing and, you know, I rep still represent some from that I had from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I would say I'm one of the fortunate ones that, that can actually do this in the industry outside of my real job with Basemap. Um, you know, I get yeah. paid from another company, uh, to do some marketing stuff for them. You know, so I, I'm one of the fortunate ones that actually can make a living and gets paid for this. I mean, cause yeah, 99% of the people just are getting free gear or discounted gear. You know, I, I get that, but I also get paid. That's awesome, man. I mean, that's always kind of the dream for, I, I think a lot of hunters. I mean, you know, everybody who, who wouldn't want to be in the hunting industry and, and, uh, it's, uh, a lot of people that do do that in, uh, it sounds like it, it kind of happens by circumstance or happenstance or almost yep. by accident. A lot of the times. A lot of it for me at the beginning was about who you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, you know somebody that has an in, and then you get in, and it just kind of snowballs from there. Yeah, um, yeah. For you know, sure. I mean, it, it's it's nice doing all that and and doing things in the hunting industry, but it's not all rainbows and unicorns like people think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I can. I can definitely attest to that. I, I don't even know how I ended up being a uh, in the podcasting world here, but, um, <laughs> here I am, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's pretty fantastic. So that's what's, what's interesting with you, Ed, is you've got the, like, there's, there's two big mapping systems. Mm -hmm. You've got, you've got your Onyx and you've got your base map. And it's when, when, you know, if you're following a lot of these hunting groups on social media sites, uh, the question is, it always comes down to Onyx versus base map, right? Yep. It's, it's mm -hmm. never, you know, there, and there are some other ones out there, um, that I'm, I'm not even familiar with, uh, most of them, but yeah, out, out West for you, it's definitely base map and Onyx, uh, in the East and Midwest, we're, we're trying to get a hold here in the Midwest and East. Um, mm -hmm. but you hear a lot about Onyx and you hear a lot about a company called hunt stand hunt stand, huh? Yeah, but but you know we can get to this later. But we are definitely making a, a big splash in whitetail. And oh, good. East and Midwest. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely get into that for sure. Because um, I, I I'm like I said I'm interested in this this industry and the just the like it's so much better using these things on your phone than lugging around like a GPS unit and everything else that goes into it and the things that you could do and and mark and download maps and all this stuff. So I want to get into all that. 
can you kind of tell us the uh, a, like give us a snapshot of Basemap in terms of how the company started and you know was what it's become now, how long it's been around, stuff like that. Can you give us like a Basemap snapshot? Yeah, so you know we were talking about Jeff Baltz before. So Jeff Baltz is our founder uh, CEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, back, gosh, ten plus years ago, he was working in the oil fields in like Texas and across the country. And, and he grew up hunting in Northern Idaho. I mean, he grew up in Sandpoint area mm-hmm. and, and wondered why there wasn't something like this, you know, a mapping system like this. And to be honest, it was kind of around the same time frame that Onyx was poking around in this. Um, you know, Onyx used to be hunting. Yeah, GPS their- maps and they used to have just that chip that went in. Yeah. Yep. Well, they were both kind of developing the app at the same time, but Onyx was already established and could get to market faster. So, you know, so Balch working in oil fields taught himself and, and learned how to code, okay, you know, write, pro, write apps or programs and, and code it. Hmm. Um, saved as much money as he could to fund it and, you know, came out. I mean, I didn't even know about this company until a year ago, I'll be honest with you. And, you know, came out with it. His really the coming out party for base map was the Salt Lake city show of February of 2019. Um, so last year they had a booth at the show and, and sold a bunch of memberships, but they didn't really have a sales team. They didn't have a marketing team. They didn't do a good job of getting the name out there. Mm-hmm. And in July, when they brought me on and brought in uh, Jeff Hafer, our marketing director, that's when they turned on the marketing machine. And that's when things started to happen. The, you know, the mm-hmm. started yeah. spending money on marketing and we had sales department and I'll say the rest is history. I mean, we've, we've seen substantial growth over the last year. Like how, how much since the launch would you say like percentage wise, uh, the, you said the launch was like February, 2019, um, in, until today, is there like a percentage of growth you guys have seen or? I, I don't even know what the number, you know, I'd have to do some math, but it is substantial. Huh. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, you know, we have graphs and charts that we can look at and just watching the uptick in both downloads and, and purchases is pretty impressive over the last year. And is you know, this, and, and even, even not even a year. I mean, in the last, I'll say six to eight months, it's been substantial. It's pretty substantial. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So is that kind of what, Jeff's vision was when he started the company? So from what I understand, the first, the first version of Basemap, Basemap V1, wasn't necessarily about the maps as they are now. It, he was trying to come up with a solution to help, you know, figure out draw odds and, and getting tags out west and, and hunting information like that, historical hunting data, mm-hmm. which we still have a little bit of that. Um, I'm not sure at what point in the timeline that it changed over to what it is now. Uh, but yeah, the base map, the original version or, or vision of base map was not what it is right now. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Cause I'm like, I'm on the website here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, I'm always interested in that aspect of, you know, one of the cool things about being, you know, an, an American, right. Is we can, we could take this kind of dream and, and have, have like a vision in your head of what you want it to be. 
And like, there's just really not a lot of limitations if you put your mind to it. And, and that's kind of right. what I look at when you look at a base map, it's, it's, it's a really cool success story. Uh, mm-hmm. This is not an easy industry to break into. No, you know, um, and I mean, just the hunting industry in general, I, I feel like in the other industries I work in, people are just not as opinionated as they are in the hunting industry. You know what I mean? And, yes. and, and the hunting consumer is a lot more opinionated and they're a lot more savvy when it comes to doing their own homework and research. So the bottom line is it's a cool success story because it's not, it's not an easy world to, to be in and make it in. And, and, and now, um, we've got this, you know, I was a big time on X user mm-hmm. and this is not, I, I, I'm not talking negatively about on X or it's, it's a, it's a good product. But I tell you what, this base map thing is, it's just better. It's just better. There's more features. There's more options. The imagery is a lot more clear. And uh, like one of the biggest differences, like, and this sounds goofy, but on Onyx, when I zoom into my, I I have some property here in North Idaho that we live on, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, when I zoom into my driveway, all you could tell is like there's this white blob in the driveway <laughs> with Onyx uh-huh. where with with base map, I could almost tell it's a boat, what I'm talking about. Right. Yep. You can almost tell what kind of damn boat it is right. with, with base map. So it's a lot more clear. And, and, you know, you talk about seeing all these questions on various, you know, groups on Facebook. Uh-huh. And that is definitely one of the first things I bring up when people ask, you know, what's the difference and this and that. I bring up the the clarity of, of the satellite imagery. It is so much better mm-hmm. because we have, I think it's 14 different base maps. Okay. You know, between satellite and topo and hybrid and every, every satellite um, option we have is just so much crisper than Onyx. And I'm not bashing them. Um, it, it it's fact. It it yeah. It just it fact. just is what it is. I'm not bashing them either because I Onyx uh, uh, you know was a was a godsend before, yep. before. I didn't have anything like that prior to the Onyx and and, so. and every you know everybody is still on the the Onyx bandwagon. Okay, you know mm-hmm. when I was still with them, we used to brag, man, this is great. We don't have any competition. You know, competition makes you better. And yeah, now they've got competition, but people people are afraid of change. And you know, it's too bad that they're afraid of change because if they just try it, they might find out that it might honestly be a better mousetrap. Guys, I want to spend just a couple of minutes talking about who makes this show possible. Scree, Extreme Mountain Gear. This is high-performance hunting attire and gear, scientifically tested camo patterns, and it's all backed by a great company that I wouldn't recommend to you if I didn't truly believe in it. The name Scree kind of has a, an origin out of the Scree rock. They changed the spelling on it, but that rock found at the bottom of rock faces and cliffs, particularly in high elevations, real rugged type kind of country. Uh, I've been using Scree for uh, all spring for for bear and turkey and i'm really impressed with it i had the founder on a few episodes back and he said something that really struck me he wanted to produce high performance hunting gear but at a responsible price it's a real interesting term and it's true everybody knows you can drop a small fortune on name brand hunting attire but with scree you get the name brand you get high performance hunting gear a lifetime warranty vip sizing guarantee which it doesn't cost you anything to exchange the gear if it comes in the wrong size 
and very effective concealment patterns, all without breaking the bank. I really like the bundle options, especially the Elite Starter Bundle. It's like a really good deal, perfect for September and October hunts all over the American West. Uh, you should check it out. It's a great way to get started in the gear and, and begin with your layering systems. Uh, Scree offers a complete layering system for all terrains and all conditions. And it's it's just a great deal, especially, again, that, that Elite Starter Bundle. Oh, and if you use the promo code the Western Huntsman at checkout, you'll get 15% off and free shipping. That's a big deal. Great gear, great company. It's a great story. It's a whole package. Check it out. The link is in the show notes, guys. Phelps Game Calls. One thing I love about the companies born out of hunting is their story. The American success story that walks us through how something started small and grew into something spectacular. Phelps Game Calls is quintessential to this. Jason Phelps started making calls as a hobby in 2009, wanting to make a more realistic sounding, right? Now, 11 years later, Phelps is one of the premier hunting call companies on the planet and for good reason. It's a great story and Phelps is just filled, it's one of those companies that is just filled with excellent, first class, salt of the earth kind of people. I've been calling elk with, uh, with Phelps for a long time uh, and long enough to know that it's an effective, realistic, it's a durable and easy to use call. I gave my teenager a Phelps read last summer to learn on uh, before September, you know, and like a month later she was bugling bulls in with me. It's the same exact read I use as an advanced caller, so they're great for beginners and advanced callers as well. So I'm a huge fan of the Phelps game, uh, elk calls, but I also use their predator calls. The fawn in distress call has been my go-to for bears this spring. I also called in a few turkeys with the black bat turkey read. They also have waterfowl calls, and they're coming out with some new deer calls. Hit up the website and check it out. The link's in the show notes, and if you find something you like, use promo code HUNTSMAN10 for 10% off. Whether you're just getting started or have expert level calling skills, check them out. Phelps, get them close. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, I was afraid of change. <laughs> and, and then, <laughs> uh, you know what, what it actually did it for me is, I, you know, because I've had Onyx, Onyx for years. And wow, I guess years, the, like, ability to, the ability to ch- move your waypoints. No. No. It was the fact that the the founder and the owner is from North Idaho for me. Okay. I found that out and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this out. And then I looked, <laughs> okay, it's, it's actually a lot cheaper. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, the, the features are better. The images are better. Uh, the zoom is, is like clear. Um, yeah. and you can, you can do stuff like change your waypoints and, and, uh, it, no, it's, it's been a great system. Can, can you give us like, give us some idea of what some of the main differences are. We talked about the clarity uh, in the zoom, but like, what are some other differences between base map and Onyx and other mapping systems out there? So the next thing that I, I usually hit on when I have these discussions and, and this is only going to apply to folks that have Apple devices. Mm-hmm. So it, as part of our pro membership, uh, we have 3d imagery, 3d mapping, uh, but it's only available on, on Apple products. The iOS kind yep. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's actually, we're using Apple maps for that 3d it's not google earth it is actually apple maps oh gotcha Um, okay i think there's some sort of a licensing thing or or something uh which is why we don't have it for android but there is a way to actually take your waypoint from base map and transfer to google earth it's just an extra step but i mean android does have 3d it's just an extra step that takes you out of base map oh gotcha Um, 
So yeah, the 3D imagery is pretty slick. It doesn't do a whole lot for me in my in my part of the world, um, you know. But for you guys out west, it's 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 a killer. Oh yeah, you gotta um, have you gotta have the, that that 3D makes a big difference. So it's like a game changer. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned the the clarity. We have over 800 different layers, um, which is just a ton of information from hunting, fishing, hiking um trails roads um i mean there's just a, a lot of information that's part of our, our pro membership one thing that's really cool is is our offline mapping we can actually download larger maps than than the competition so larger maps mean you have to download less maps you know for when you're going out in the backcountry without cell service and you can adjust how big or small the map area is as you make it smaller the detail increases you know, cause you're, you're kind of oh, narrowing. Yeah, that in. Makes sense. And, there, and there's actually a little graph on the bottom that shows you how big the map is and the, the detail qualities. So I always, you know, when I go out West, I get it just big enough where the detail is all the way to maximum. And I download that, you know, that tile and I'll download all the tiles around it. Um, so we can and, get a little bit bigger, just... a little bit. So, so like with, with that, will you just double up a, a secondary map? Like if you know you're going to be further in, into the back country or whatever, then what that size map is, do you just kind of do another one right next to it and then yeah. download that and, and it just yeah. kind of moves? Yep. I, I mean, yeah, that's for, what I did the other day for, for a bear area I was going into. I mean, for me, for one example, I go on this, this uh, archery antelope hunt in south, southeast Montana. Okay. There mm-hmm. is nobody around there. There's no cell service and there's just a ton of public land. So I've been out there enough times. I know where everything is, but once you're out in the field, you know, chasing something, you got to kind of know. So I download a ton of sections, uh, you know, places yeah. I know I'm going to hunt. And I mean, hell, I'll probably download a hundred, hundred areas on the map, you know, down there. You're going after antelope over there. Is that what you said? Yep. Antelope mule deer. Let me know, man. I'll go with you. I'll be there next year. That's my I, hunt next year. I always like to invite myself with, uh, with podcast <laughs> guests. <laughs> I, I tell you what, spot and stock, spot and stock archery antelope in the plains of you know the the flatlands of southeast Montana that will humble you quick. Oh man, it looks like a ball. It, it is. I, it, it is. I'd be it is, stoked. It is the hardest hunt you'll ever do. It will uh, humble. Uh, yeah, you. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all, for sure. Yeah, that, uh, and wasn't there like, is there some kind of difference in terms of how it identifies the property owners and, and stuff like that when you're, when you're kind of zoomed in on like a property, private property? No, I can't it, remember it's what, still, I, what, I, what was I reading about that? It still shows the same information. I mean, it'll show the, the name of the owner. And then when you tap on the property, you know, it'll pull up another menu that'll show their, you know, how much acreage they have, their, their tax address, um, stuff like that. It, it doesn't really show anything different than what Onyx has. What do you think, and it doesn't have to be just base map focused, but any of these mapping systems that, that uh, is in kind of an app form, mm-hmm. what would you say it is that hunters like don't utilize enough or don't take advantage of maybe whether they, they just don't understand it or whatever the case is? What, what do you think is on these systems that people don't take advantage of enough? What I think that people should, you know, for a guy like me going out West, um, or even you guys out West, people should utilize the online version, you know, the online version of, of base map more often. 
What What do you mean by now that? You're the gonna online scout. version, you're going to, so, for scouting? So if you, if you, yeah, for scouting. I mean, because now you're on your computer mm-hmm. looking at a larger screen, um, probably going to get a little bit more detail. You don't have to squint looking at your phone. Um, and anything that you mark on that online version, you know, be it a waypoint, a trail, whatever, draw a, a polygon to figure out an area, anything you do on there transfers to your phone. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. It, it kind of takes, it's like, it's like e-scouting on steroids. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody in the back in the day used to use Google earth to e-scout. Well, now you can e-scout on, on line for base map and mark up your map and it transfers over. I, I think that's an underutilized um, thing that, that people don't do enough of. So do, do your scouting from a desktop, laptop, whatever, and, yep. and come up with these waypoints. Now, this is a stupid, you're going to find out how uh, technology uh, or technologically challenged I am. <laughs> if, if you download an area on your laptop, that does not transfer to the phone, right? No, you can't. You can't actually download an area from you know on a laptop or a computer. Okay. Um, you do need you know internet service. So it it works the same in that you can scout and mark up points, but you can't actually download an area and you know take your laptop out in the field with you. So wait, and, I, and use that to, I'm to on, navigate. I'm on the hunting. Okay, I'm on basemap.com, and just you just push that go to map button. To yep. sign in, or mm-hmm. yep. Okay, my I guess my internet's just not cooperating. What is there any is there anything else that people should know about uh, that you feel like the app has this great feature, but like nobody uses it? You guys talk about it, and it's like, how do why do people not use this? You know, one one thing I'll say, you know, for our on, offline mapping, which a lot of people are going to use, is any any layer that you have turned on at the time you download that, that offline map is going to be saved as part of that offline map, be it okay. uh, the boundaries of a, of a unit. Okay. So if you're, if you're stuck to a specific unit because you drew that tag and you have to stay in that unit, if you have that layer on, that's part of the offline map, the property owner information, um, roads and trails, anything like that. And, you know, people say, why isn't this in my offline map? Well, you didn't have the layer turned on. When you um, saved, you know, so when you saved it. When you saved it. Okay. Okay. You know, and, and even, even offline mapping, people, people will, will be upset. It didn't work. Well, you got to, you know, out in the field, you have to actually put the, put the app in offline mode for it to use that offline map or else it, the phone is just going to keep trying to ping the set, the, um, cell towers trying to get a service. And not to mention you guys, if you're listening to this, that's going to kill your battery too. put your phone in airplane mode. (laughs) Even, even if you know, you have service, save those maps and put it in, in offline mode because it, it turns off the cell signal to the app, but leaves on the GPS antenna. So you're going to conserve your battery. Okay. I'm, I'm messing with the map right now on my laptop and I think it's messing with our audio because I'm zooming in and (laughs) it's trying to load the map. (laughs) So I better just quit playing with it. But I I think that not knowing, honestly, not knowing that you have to put the app into basically airplane mode is something Mm -hmm. that people don't. and, And it's like that with every other, you know, all of our competitors, you have to actually click on a button to be able to access those offline maps. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's so much better that way. And and like I said, I mean, you you'll, I could I could get like two days out of my battery if I just put it on an airplane mode, right? And use the map and it's tracking and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and then with uh, you know one one thing that I I really like about base map, um, and I'm not trying to make this whole episode a you know just a big commercial for base map here, but uh, <laughs> I'm I, I really like it and uh, I love this airdrop thing you guys do the, the gear drop yeah the gear drop. And, and I like it for a couple of reasons. First of all, you know, I don't play any kind of video games or games on uh-huh. my phone or anything like that. But that one, for some reason, I, I like it because it's hunting related and it, it's, it's, it's just kind of, I like the challenge of it. It gives you a little hint and then you go in there and then I get super bummed when I don't win. Because <laughs> You know, and that's okay. But the second reason I like it is it, it actually inadvertently really helps you figure out how to use the mapping system in kind of a deeper, uh, a deeper way. And you know, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that because that that's one of the the things about it is I'll admit we don't necessarily do the best job and, and we're hoping to improve it. You know, as far as doing tutorials and showing people how to use the 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 app, uh-huh. but but GearDrop is definitely a way to get people. A, using it more, okay, because right now it's kind of the off-season and people aren't really thinking about using these apps. But two, it, it, it really is a way to learn about the different layers and, and we try to give hints around layers. Hey, you know, not going to tell them, hey, turn on this layer to find what, you know, where it is. But it really makes you dive deep into, into the app a little bit as far as, as, far as you know, what layers to have open to, to try to find. find yeah the virtual hidden location, you know, based on, on clues that we give. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something, man, that, that one you guys did on, on Kodiak Island. I I was okay. That took up two hours of my life trying to figure that thing out. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) the hint was so vague on that one too. Oh, a little lake. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's, there's a bunch of little lakes. So (laughs) so I'll, I'll admit, um, that was the first week that I took over actually creating the gear drops and doing the hints. So that was, that was my first one. Oh, gotcha. And, and I thought it was easy. I, I said, look for the highest point on, on the, the island, which you would probably have to Google. Okay? I did. I did. I totally cheated. I got off the app and went and Googled the highest peak on Kodiak mountain. And, <laughs> and the next hint was your, your by a lake just to the east of the point. And that's where it was at, at the slope <laughs> of the mountain. <laughs> yeah. I went too far. I think I went too far. <laughs> and that's well, the there one. Was, there was definitely a couple cluster like large clusters of, of markers, you know, around mm-hmm. a couple of the little lakes. Oh, I'll bet. I'll bet. It'd be interesting to see from your side, how, how that pans out. Like how many you know, people are playing now? I'm curious how many how how many people am I up against with that thing? Thousands. Oh, but man. many 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 thousands of of which people that are like more they're a they're smarter than I am and they're better at using these kind of maps and so I'm just getting <laughs> my butt handed to me. Man, oh well. And, and I mean, and let's be honest, we're we've given away some pretty badass prizes. Oh, there were. Yeah, no, some that that. Uh, the troll camera package. Yep. Was that? Yeah, that was the troll camera was, package. Yep, I was, was like salivating over that one. Yeah, that was yeah. the Kodiak one. Okay. Yep. Um, so we just finished up uh, yesterday. Our gear drop ended with a, a company called Rent Guns and Gear that you can rent 
um, like high quality hunting equipment to try it before you buy it. Uh Um, tomorrow starts another gear drop on Wednesday. We've got a, a something from Viam outdoors. We've got a, a four person like backpacking teepee shelter. Oh, cool. Um, we've got another Hoyt bow coming up here in a couple weeks. Um, yeah, Viam Outdoors has got some some pretty sweet stuff, man. Yeah, they do. Uh, we yeah we've got a, a bone collector Hoyt bow coming up next week. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we've we've got a lot of great stuff. I, I'm I'm booked solid for gear drop prizes into October right now. Oh, cool. There's there's some really cool stuff coming. At some point, I'm gonna win this thing, man. <laughs> I hope to see your name. You I haven't even seen your name in the top 10 yet. Oh, don't say that. Now you should say, oh, Jim, you're close, man. You, just keep working at it, buddy. You're getting close, I, I, dude. And <laughs> I, the, the, the winner, the winner, for this last drop, the winner for this last year drop was literally 10 feet away from where I, where I oh, really? dropped it. We, we had one a couple months ago where somebody was three feet away. Wow. I mean, they, they were, I mean, it's like they had the coordinates. They were dang near right on it. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Do you feel like that sometimes has anybody ever won that, that where they're like just kind of randomly putting a pin and they just got super lucky? No, I, I think, you know, so when, yes, I, uh, I should actually say yes, because when gear drop first started in October of last year, we didn't even give hints. Huh? Okay. So it was pure, it was pure chance. Just and, chance. You know, I deal on the social media side of things. I'll, I'll admit this and the listeners are probably going to shoot me. Um, I deal with the social media side of it. And a lot of people complain about the hints. I mean, they have to be vague. I mean, yeah, they do. Yeah. You can't they have to be vague now, but what um, I'll do is from now on, I'm just going to text you for a better hand. <laughs> <and> then... <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, you know, so our, our ambassadors our unpaid ambassadors who, you know, help represent the company. Uh-huh. They're eligible to play. They can't win the grand prize, but even they are, one of them took second place this week. But oh, nice! Usually they're not even in the top ten. So yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah, it, a lot of it's going to be luck. But if you guys, if if people listening jump on there and play, you're going to be really good at, at and like super proficient at using the mapping system after. That is correct. It, it's it's entertaining, and you're going to be like me, where I, sometimes I fall for okay, I need an extra pin here, so I go post it on Facebook, and then I go watch a video, and blah blah blah. Next thing you know, two hours later, I've got four or five pins and I'm not even in the top 10, according to Ed <laughs> here. <laughs> I, I, I will, and I, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but we are working on gear drop uh, version three right now. And mm. we're going to make it a little bit more interactive, have a couple new features and just change up the look a little bit. I think you're going to like what's coming out here in a couple of weeks. No, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's super cool. You guys, you guys, it looks like you guys are like a, you know, you guys are a company on the move here. What you got anything else coming up? Well, I, you know, one thing that is really cool about base map is we're a super small team, but we're very nimble. Okay. We can, Mm -hmm. we can do a lot of things on the fly. I mean, you can't, you can't program all this stuff overnight, but we can get it done pretty quick where, you know, our larger competitors, I'm not going to just say one competitors, they're they're slow to react and and we can do stuff quick um, yeah you know so yeah, you guys are yeah a smaller smaller team more efficient team yep so yeah. i mean you know we're we're diving deep into whitetail this year um i mean that's kind of our kind of what we're looking at doing for growth is whitetail because you know like on x i'll say you know 
both companies are are Western companies, and and we all think about elk hunting and mule deer hunting and bear hunting, um, but but sage grouse. But, <laughs> sage grouse <laughs> chucker <laughs> miriam turkeys pheasants pheasants um <laughs> wolves but you know white whitetail is king there are way more whitetail hunters than there are elk and mule deer hunters combined so what does that what does that entail uh in terms of like what does technology for whitetail hunting in the midwest or east obviously there's a lot more private land back mm-hmm. there not as much public access and mm-hmm. Uh, a very different landscape, but like, what do you guys change in terms of well, I, your, just I won't whitetail get, specific? I, I won't get too deep into it, but it's really going to come down to feature set. Okay. Okay. You know, there, there are certain features that as a whitetail hunter that I want, uh-huh. um, you know, be it, be it stuff for trying to pick what stand I should be in, um, land management, um, yeah, I mean, one underutilized tool here in the Midwest is you, you can draw a polygon. Okay. Just any shape and it'll calculate the, the number of acres. Okay. So for a guy like me that plants food plots, I know exactly how many acres this is. So I know how much fertilizer to get and how much seed to get, um, you know, for, for planting that food plot. So you're, you're like going out and, and you're doing the whole food plot thing and everything for white. Absolutely. And so that's going to have that kind of technology to help calculate. (laughs) It doesn't tell you how many, if you make like a shape in Wisconsin, here's the the million dollar question. You make a shape in Wisconsin. Is it going to tell you how many whitetail are in that shape? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Um, we have something, and this could pertain to Western hunters, but I, I really think that this is going to be something we're going to hit on big time in the East here. Uh, we have something called smart markers. Okay, so anytime you drop a marker or waypoint in the app, it actually records the the historical or the the right now what the weather conditions are temperature uh, barometric pressure things like that and it all is recorded in that marker so for guys that are scouting i mean we're whitetail guys are fanatical about wind direction and barometric pressure because you know we're stuck in a tree we're not out looking for elk we're stuck in a tree yeah so so we we keep logs and data on this trying to figure out what's the best time to be out what's the best stand to be in and having this these smart markers and historical weather data is going to help um you know hunters probably make a little bit better choice as far as when to be out and where they should be hmm do you think when i'm like when i'm out west hunting whitetail which you do not hunt them out here you know like you do uh where you're at right they're they're still they're still mountain deer Mm mm-hmm is that something like a Western hunter should be folk, like considering? I've never considered barometric, with the exception of fishing. I will I will take barometric pressure into account when I'm fishing. Um, that I mean that that's a good question. I mean for me, you know, when I'm out west, I get a week. Okay, I don't get uh-huh. I don't get a whole season. So things like that don't really matter to me because I've got a week and I'm going to bust my butt in that week to go kill something. So full moon, barometric pressure, temperature, wind, yeah. all that is just irrelevant because that's that's your week and you're coming in and you're going to just right. make the best but, of it. But for a guy that lives out there, it might be important to them. You know, where they have they, they have the whole season. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah for but for sure. me, you know, my aunt and uncle have 100 acres of land and we've got, gosh, I don't know, 14, 15 tree stands on the property. 
And I don't go out in the field without looking at something to figure out the weather. What the, what's the wind doing right now? What's it going to do six hours from now? So that I pick, if I don't want to have to change stands, I'm going to pick what's best, what I think is going to be best right now and for later in the day. So I don't have to move. You know, so just having as much of that information on my phone as, as possible, just it's going to make me a better hunter. For sure. Well, for me, I mean, I need every advantage I can get, man. When it, especially when it comes to whitetails, <laughs> like whitetails, uh, they're like a science and they're, they're a more, I feel like they're a more technical deer oh, yeah. uh, to, to hunt than like muleys are tough and they're rugged and they're in rugged country and, and they're big and they're that when you, it, it takes, uh, if, if you have a mature mule deer, I feel like they're smarter than a mature whitetail and they're, they're more, uh, keyed in. Yep. But when I, th- I feel like for whitetail, it is going to, it's, they're just like, it takes a science. There's, there's things that have to happen or take place. Like I'll go out and spend two weeks hunting for whitetail and see nothing but does and, you know, a mm-hmm. couple of, you know, yearlings or something like that. And my, I got this guy and he actually came on the podcast, Troy, he goes out there like, you know, and that jerk in, in first day out nails a, a, just a toad of a mountain, mountain buck. And I say it like it's easy. He puts in a lot of work for these mm-hmm. things. Anyway, I don't even know where I'm going with all this. Other than I feel like whitetail are, are a more technical deer to hunt. And I'm saying deer, not gear. And uh, you just, there's just a lot of things I, I feel like have to take place. And, and uh, especially if you're hunting public, public land. Agreed. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I've hunted mule deer. I just think that with whitetail, I mean, you're, you're really up close and personal with them and you have to get up close and personal with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of things have to be, you're, you're stuck in a tree stand. You can't go out and circle around this ridge and try to get them. 99% of the time you're sitting in a tree stand or a ground blind and you're yeah. stuck. And a lot of things have to happen. Right. exactly exactly last year i was sitting i you said ground blind and and i think that was my mistake and i'm i'm for the i it was the second year that i've been trying to use a grunt right a grunt Mm -hmm. call and i'm I'm sitting in there i'm like and uh (laughs) 10 minutes later this thing is like uh coming up to my left and he's going walking right to me and i could see him and i'm like oh man it is on and it's like he got he got right about I, I drew my bow back and right about the time I had a shot he he winded me right there and and blew out yep. and uh, that's what I'm talking about like a a mule deer same age class would have walked right up to me right and exactly. yeah I, because I, I feel like young whitetails are smarter than young mule deer like there's nothing dumber than a two point mule deer buck or a three point <laughs> mule deer buck there's nothing dumber. But you get that, that buck gets a couple more years on him and, and watch out. It's, right. a, it's a whole different ball game. Anyway. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. So, so, you know, like I said, we're, we're going all in. Um, and it, I can't even say it's a secret anymore because, you know, from, from like my side of my job, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of our paid sponsorships and TV deals, and things like that, for the most part this year, have all been whitetail. Um, North American Whitetail TV and magazine. Deer and Deer Hunting TV and magazine. Um, Ralph and Vicky Ciencerello, 
Um, and then last week we announced our, our mega deal with um, uh, Bone Collector. Cool. I mean, we are, we are all in. So, like, you guys can't announce a deal with me because you actually have to be a pretty good hunter to be on that kind of program, huh? <laughs> Hey, I, I definitely don't fit in that class, and I work for him. So. Look, I'm one hell of a cottontail rabbit hunter, I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's great. And, and I know you guys, uh, you guys are partnered up with my buddy uh, Dirk Durham. And oh, Jason yeah. Phelps. And, and you know what? Yeah. It's funny because Dirk just called me. I had to I had to mute my phone because Dirk just called. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You, you tell that sucker not give you a call <laughs> when you're on the line with the Western Huntsman, man. I, I know. I don't know what he wants. But yeah, that was actually our first our first um partnership we did for 2020. Um maybe that's why the world went crazy. Yeah, that um, could be. Like if that's I, that's exactly what happened, I'll bet. You partnered I'll up take, with Dirk yeah, and the world went blame. to shit, man. I'll I'll take blame for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dirk and Jason. I mean, those those guys are awesome. I love I mean, I'm good friends yeah. with, with Jason. I love Dirk and Jason. They're just uh they're they're both they've just got they've got such a good sense of humor and they're they've got good character and uh they're well, just Well, come on, let's 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 not get crazy here. I'm not they're, saying they have high they're morals. They're character. They're characters. They're characters for sure. I you know, with questionable morals, but um <laughs> No, Dirk, Dirk actually was just in here last week. He was the first person to, to be an in-studio guest since the pandemic started uh, nice. back, in, back in March. So it was, it was fun having somebody actually in the, in the studio and, and uh, going, going back and forth. So, uh, yeah, we had a good time. Nice. Yeah, those guys are great. Um, yeah. You know, so they're, they're one of our newer you know, Western partners for, for 2020. Cool, cool. No, I, I, I was happy to see that for sure. Uh, can you give, can you give the audience like a, like a 30 second commercial of base map? Like why, why should, and, and we, we can come back to it cause I don't want to put you on the spot here, but, uh, like why should somebody, I know why I choose the base map program mm-hmm. or system, but why, why should other people choose it? I mean, what, what we try to bank on is we say more for less. I mean, you know, we hit on earlier about more layers, CRISPR satellite imagery, 3D imagery on iOS, but for the, you get all that stuff and it's only 30 bucks a year for all 50 States. I know that part, that's crazy. Our our big competitors, 30 bucks a year for one state. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you know, all these, all these different groups on Facebook, I just don't get how people can't fathom that you're going to save 70 bucks. I mean, for some people, that's a couple boxes of ammo or, or a dozen arrows or, mm-hmm. a t- well, now it's probably two tanks of gas or, you know, whatever it may be. In a way, it, the money could be better spent um, in, in other areas for sure. Right. And you're um, going to get more for the money. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, it, it really is. The, here's, here's my take on it. I am not one of those guys that always buys the cheapest thing, right? Because- right. It depends on what it is. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a perfect example. Like you can't buy the off-brand of ketchup. It sucks. Right. You have to buy like the Heinz or something higher quality in order for ketchup to taste all right. Now, so there's that aspect. Now, when it comes to something like uh, what we're talking about with, with the mapping systems, it's kind of a no-brainer. 
And, and again, I'm not trying to make some big sales pitch to the audience here, but it's it, this one really is a no-brainer. And if you really want to see a really good comparison between the two, Dan Statton over at uh, Elkshape put out a really good YouTube video comparing them side by side. Yep. And this thing's it, it's it's thirty bucks for a year for all fifty states. It's just a it's a no-brainer. Right. And and even if you're only hunting one state. So now it's the same price as the competitor, but it's, you still get all that stuff. You get mm-hmm. so much more information, better maps for the same price, and you still get all 50. Now, I, if, I mean, you I have use the ambition to, to go out West or hunt another state. There's, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways that you can actually use this system. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples and, and this is going to be pertinent to any system, but for 30 bucks for all 50 states. Okay. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we love camping together mm-hmm. and we take the kids out and we, uh, you, you know, usually pull a trailer, we'll find a river that is like primitive, you know, not, not a campground. We'll just go onto some national forest and find some, uh, you know, off grid camping spots. I use the hell out of this thing for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can read the river as to what the fly fishing is going to be like using this system. And I, and, and in defense or, or not being too one-sided. I, I was able to do that with Onyx too. Just this has a little clearer river uh, and lake and waterway. Here's another little interesting thing that happened to me. So I do for my day job, large commercial roof systems. I, I go in and I, I, I design them. I estimate the project and then I sell the project to the customer like a school district. And then I manage it as it's going up. Okay. That's, that's what I do for a a day job. Mm-hmm. I'm in this gigantic high school attic in, uh, in Idaho. And the facility guy got a phone, uh, got a phone call and had to, had to run back to his office back, you know, and, and said, yeah, you just keep looking cause I'm inspecting the roof. Right. So I'm up in this attic and it's got these catwalks going everywhere. And there's all these different wings off of this high school. Literally I got lost in this attic <laughs> <laughs> and I, this was, this was like a month ago and I used base map to get me back to the access <laughs> and, and I'm not kidding you. I zoomed in and I, and it got me out of the attic and I, cause I, I literally, I was up there for 45 minutes trying to figure out which hall I turned back down to get back to the, it's like this area over by the gym where it has a hatch and access and all that kind of stuff. The facility guy left and he knows that thing like the back of his head. Right. So that's, that's the second thing that uh, was a real unique situation that I used base mass for. The third one is I sighted in a rifle with it when I forgot my range finder. And I don't know how accurate it was, but it worked. It, 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 I got the rifle dialed in and I just used it to come up. Okay. This is a hundred yards. This is 200 yards kind of thing. Right. And so those are three little things people should know. So, so prior to working full-time with Basemap, I was selling insurance and I was kind of specializing in, in selling insurance to large farmers. And I use this pretty much on a daily basis, uh-huh. um, you know, for trying to prospect to get, uh, you know, farmers to talk to and trying to figure out where their property boundaries were and how many, how much acreage they had. Um, I mean, there, there's so many more uses for this other than just hunting and even hiking or anything mm-hmm. outdoors. For sure. Yeah, there, there really are. I have a, I have a buddy that flies Cessnas. He said he's used it 
uh, when like he felt like his instrumentation or something on the plane, it's, he's got like this super old plane. He said something was up with it. It wasn't, it wasn't like updating as he was flying. And so he used, uh, I don't know if it was base map or not. I, I can't remember which one he was using, but he, he actually opened up his hunting mapping system mm-hmm. and uh, figured out where he was at. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, cool stories. Huh? That's why I find this, that this industry, is, it's just super interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you guys, you guys have a good product. And so I, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you coming on for sure. What, uh, you got any big time, we talked about you're going elk hunting in Wyoming and yep. most likely mule deer. Any other big hunts lined up for this year? Uh, I don't know yet. I mean, I'll be doing my normal stuff in, in Wisconsin. I mean, come, come, uh, the time frame around Halloween up until Thanksgiving, you know, I'll be unreachable because i'll be sitting in a tree stand somewhere i'm gonna text you like crazy during that time i'm gonna be like hey man how's it going hey, where, that, where that's, do I, a, that's okay because it, it helps it helps pass the time uh when you're sitting, <laughs> sitting in a tree stand by yourself yeah that's true uh, th- there's a possibility there's a, a strong possibility that i might be in arizona chasing mule deer or coos deer in december uh so there's a possibility i might be doing that too <laughs> really yeah yeah, uh, yeah so we, might, I, we might have to stay in touch on that one. Yeah, I'm working on that. I, I'm trying to make that, again, a work trip. I'm trying to, trying to have it filmed, you know, for a, um, you know, some content for Basemap. Um, but we got to figure that out pretty quick because I think if we're going to do it, we're going to apply for the draw, you know, so yeah, we you gotta, if we're going to hunt rifle or, or archery. You got to get after it, man. I think that draw is got like, a couple uh, of weeks. Yeah, uh, I think – June 4 or something like that? June 9th, I think. Oh, is it the 9th? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm working yeah. on it. But they're, they're, even if we don't decide now, I, I mean, we can still buy an OTC tag and just go archery. Yeah, totally. Totally. But I, but that, there, but I think there's a chance the, that may happen. The, the rifle would be super interesting down on the, uh, going after those coos deer. And so just, just tell Jeff that, hey, man, no, it's, it's totally a work trip. Plus, <laughs> I, I need a new rifle to come. Oh, no, oh I, yeah, that'd be a good idea. I already got the rifle. Um, I actually got a, you know, so a couple gear drops ago, we gave away a, a proof research rifle. Uh-huh. Uh, and on the stock, they put the, the base map logo, you know, on it. Yeah. Well, I, I've got a matching rifle. I actually got it before we gave one away. Oh, cool. <laughs> so cool, man. That, I need that, your job. <laughs> that one needs to get it. <laughs> we need to get that one on camera. Get that rifle on camera, killing a big old coos deer. For sure. Or mule deer. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I'm hoping, I, I'm not totally sure if I can make that happen this year, but, uh, I'm working on it. And so that would be a ball. I would, I would love to go coos deer, uh, go chase some coos deer down there. And I, I think there's, it's like right now it's like a 50, 50 shot, whether or not it's going to happen. It's uh, you know, a lot of things have to happen. Right. Stupid. But, uh, if, if, if we didn't have COVID-19 breaking out this spring, it, it wouldn't even be, it wouldn't even be a question. Right. Uh, but that's affected other things and it's like a domino effect. So I don't know. We'll exactly. See. But I mean, for me, I'm already looking forward to my, as we, as we talked about a little bit earlier, a little bit ago, I'm, I'm already looking forward to my Montana trip next year. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that is a humbling experience. Oh, I guarantee it would be, I just can't even imagine. <laughs> I would love to do that. 
Um, yeah, you didn't realize coming on this show meant that you're going to have this dude trying to tag along on all your hunts, huh? <laughs> well, so, so I actually had opened that, that hunt up to anybody that wants to come, you know, so I, I run an ambassador team for a, a large optics company and, and base map. And I said, Hey, yeah, let's do this as an ambassador hunt. So as it stands right now, and I know that people are going to bail, there's like 40 people that want to go on this. And, you know, there's so much public land. I mean, yeah, there's, there's plenty of room. Another. Oh, yeah, yeah, plenty of room. They're plenty like, room. we're going to follow you. I said, I will be the first one out of camp every morning and the last one back in. There's nobody that's going to follow me. Everybody listening in Montana right now is like, <laughs> they're currently typing nasty emails to me. <laughs> about promoting this hunt in come on for the for the, two, for the for the 10 people that live in southeast montana <laughs> right <laughs> yeah watch uh yeah it's one of the areas i've said it before you can watch your dog run away for about three days out there pretty much <laughs> <laughs> pretty much good deal well any closing thoughts ed any any uh Anything you want the audience to know before we, we cut this off in, in terms of what base maps is working towards or uh, any promo codes or anything like that that you want to you throw out there? It's up to you. What I will say is, is just try it. I mean, we have a, we don't have a trial. Okay. You know, where you get all the, the information to try for a couple of days, but there is a free version and the free version is pretty robust. I mean, there, there's a lot of features and stuff that you don't get in the, in the free version. You don't get 3d mapping, um, you don't get private landowner names, but the free the free version is pretty robust, and you might actually like what you're seeing, and just want to pay the thirty bucks. I mean, it doesn't hurt to to download it and try it. Um, yeah. You know, and if you go to our YouTube page, if you do want to, tr- if you do try, it, go to our YouTube page. There's actually a video on our YouTube page that shows you how to move all of your waypoints from oh from yeah on X over to base. I I am glad you no said that. Yeah, glad you said that. That that was one of my hangups, and my Onyx is still active, right? Yep. And, but but that was one of my hangups is worried about you know how I was going to get all those waypoints and, and areas and all that kind of stuff. It guys, if I can do it, I'm a guy who can barely <laughs> turn my inter- internet on. Uh, I don't even know what the internet is. <laughs> okay, I do. But uh, from a guy who's not super super good with the, these computers and systems like that, you know, um, you talked about Jeff writing code. That's like way beyond me. Uh, yeah, you and me. Both. I was able to figure it out. You guys can too. Like it's it's actually really easy. It, it take it takes a minute. Literally yeah. takes a minute. Like on a the minute, computer. and it just everything everything transferred over. So yeah. um, it's it is uh, pretty cool because there's there I there you know there's a lot of good information on on my my Onyx. So yeah, that, I, I needed that. That's definitely a hang-up that we hear a lot. And yeah, know, my job is to help overcome any objections that people have. And that, that is one that people have, but it's super easy to do. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, good. Good stuff. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Ed. We're going to have to you do bet. this again. I want, I want to have some updates on the Mont- – or no, the, I'm sorry, the, the Wyoming, Wyoming elk hunt. Yep. Okay. And um, obviously stay on the line when we hang up here. And then, uh, but yeah, other than that, I, I appreciate you, you coming on. And when you make your way over here to, to North Idaho, uh, I don't care what you have to do to finagle, uh, Jeff, but you got to <laughs> get him in the broken time studio. We'll all sit down and, and have another conversation. Sounds good to me. Awesome. Well, thanks a bunch, Ed. You guys, what's, what's the website? www.basemap.com. Uh, okay. The website guys is all going to be in the show notes. Um, 
And uh, I'm sure you can get a hold of Jeff if you have, or I'm sorry, um, of Ed if you have any questions. Uh, just you know, let's uh, check it out. That's all. That's all uh, they're asking. Check it out. I, I promise you'll like it. Yes, sir. Cool. Well, thanks, Ed. You bet. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. Glad you joined us. If you liked that episode, please tell a friend and let me know what you thought at jimandthewesternhuntsman.com. And don't forget to check out our show sponsors. The links are in the show notes. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the mountain. Mm-hmm.